Hi, welcome to the official podcast of Pentecost Today USA. I'm your co-host Steve Mancini and with me, with me as always is Executive Director Alicia Hartle. And we are joined today by Sister Marianne Schenzer. She is a council member of Pentecost Today USA. She has worked with the National Service Committee of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal for many years and she is joining us now from Minnesota. Welcome Sister Marianne. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. So we're going to open up with a prayer, and we'll invite all who are joining us to join us now as we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that we are able to come before you in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we love being your little ones, your children, and Father, we magnify you. We praise you, Father, for the precious gift of baptism in the Holy Spirit and the mighty work of the Holy Spirit since the very birth of the church and even before in in the revelation of who you are to mankind. And so, Father, we, we yield ourselves to you and we stand in a posture of praise and thanksgiving for what you have in store for us today. And we pray with expectant faith as we pray now, all glory be to the Father and to the Son Mm -hmm. and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, Again, I want to thank our listeners. As always, the purpose of this podcast is to bring you the listener you know closer to christ how through the baptism of the holy spirit that's obviously what we we've been you know pun intended preaching about for a while here um we encourage you to go out to the website check it out pentecosttodayusa.org a lot of resources out there we're going to talk towards the end about the upcoming conference so we'll talk about that in a little bit but again this is about introducing you to something that I, for example, as a lifelong Catholic, mm-hmm. didn't know about. And so I'm finding this path. I'm going, oh, I like this. This is the right path. You know, and I think mm-hmm. sometimes people hear, okay, your mission is to bring baptism in the Holy Spirit to the whole church. But what is that? <laughs> and, right. and even if people are hearing, you know, this, this beautiful doctrinal commission definition of baptism in the Holy Spirit, this awakening of the sacraments of initiation, it really helps to have those personal testimonies to hear what what did that look like for you so so sister marianne we're super excited to hear from you to hear your story but before we we go into your story of baptism in the holy spirit and really your experience of the charismatic renewal we'd love to hear some of your personal background okay well uh I, you know, in thinking about this, I was thinking, I don't really know for sure at what age I became conscious of the fact that, like, we were praying before meals at mm-hmm. home. But uh, I do recall when my mother started to teach me the Our Father before going to bed. And so my oldest brother went to the Korean War. And when I was in kindergarten, so I remember my mother saying to me, we can pray in our own words, too, because we were praying words of safety for him. And I think that's very key in my life in a way, because I was really being taught right then that I could talk to God. I didn't just say prayers. So I remember that. I remember my mother uh, teaching me the rosary with our fathers and Hail Marys at a very early age. 
So in second grade, I was able to uh, lead the rosary. I didn't know the mysteries. I didn't know all the extra prayers, but I knew a little bit like that. And um, so it's not so much of like, when did I start to have a personal relationship with God? Because I look back and say, that's when I started to have a personal relationship with God. And she taught me I could just talk to God. So, um, so you were raised, obviously, then in, in a Catholic household from day one. So this was in a Catholic right. household. Yes. Yes. Okay. My mother was, didn't grow up Catholic, but she became Catholic before they got married. Okay. And then here is the thing that to me is the beginning of my life in the spirit, as we talk about. In sixth grade, as we were preparing for confirmation, this is back. 1957, <laughs> um, I recall the teacher talking about the apostles at Pentecost. So she was making a connection for us between confirmation and Pentecost, telling us that they spoke in tongues and adding that they needed that then, but they didn't. we don't need that now. But anyway, I remember thinking as a sixth grader, that doesn't make sense. If they needed it then, they must need it now. Uh, but you didn't object to what the teacher said, right? So I just kept it to myself, but I never forgot. <laughs> so that's important because when I was um, in college now, um, and I think it was the summer uh, after, so I had... It was a year after I'd taken first vows. We had a priest came and gave retreats. And the retreat, the overall theme was on prayer. One of the talks was on the Holy Spirit. In the course of that talk, he spoke about, um, this is like 1966 now. He spoke about people who speak in tongues, not Catholics, but other people that he was aware of. And I heard him talk about it. I talked to other people who were there, they didn't hear him talk about that at all. <laughs> but I heard him talk about it, so I went and talked to him about it. And so he gave me, uh, eventually gave me a book, They Speak in Other Tongues, which then I went away to Milwaukee to school for a year, and that book was really about what I had to uh, become acquainted with anything at all. But you could read um, books like Eddie... Ensley, who is a deacon in Georgia, he has written the book Sounds of Wonder, and he has traced mm -hmm. people speaking in tongues, praying in tongues over many, many, many centuries and among the saints and such. Yeah, and you know, Sister Marianne, you you do a lot of formation, but it's so beautiful to see the, the Caris USA team just launched a new book called Baptism in the Holy Spirit, a grace for the whole church. And it really emphasizes the church fathers, not only not only in Acts of the Apostles, not only the earliest church, but even into the church fathers speaking about the gift of tongues and, you know, mm -hmm. the gifts of healing and, and really the experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit being set as an expectation for those who are entering into Christian initiation. But Exactly. Um, yeah, you you were kind of living through 
at that time of the Second Vatican Council kind of preparing the church to receive in the proclamation of Lumen Gentium. So this, this proclamation of the ongoing role of charisms in the life of the church, and then also the call to be, to be welcoming them and operating in them in a discerning manner. Um, and it, it really, Lumen Gentium goes on to talk about the role of the lady in the church. And, um, and it's just, it's a beautiful, I guess, preparation for the receiving of the work of the Holy Spirit to make the charismatic gifts more nor- normative and widespread in the body of Christ, especially through the charismatic renewal. Now, another thing I can tell you personally is that I was in novitiate during the year 1964, 65, mm-hmm. and I, w- I was aware that Vatican II had happened. I mean, I was um, in high school when that was going on, and so during my novitiate year, we had all the sisters did this. We had a half hour in the morning. It was called meditation, not the way people think of meditation today. It was um, reflection on the Gospels of uh, the life of Jesus. And at some point, I asked if I could pray differently during that time. Mm. Yeah. And so what I felt, because what I found myself doing and I just felt compelled to do was to pray the beginning of the come Holy Spirit over and over and over and over for that half hour for I did that for months and months. I had absolutely no idea what to expect. I, mean, I wasn't thinking about speaking in tongues or anything. We weren't hearing anything about that. I had no idea what to expect. But there it was. I mean, it was, that's why I say, um, you know, for me, it's like there was, I had this interest in prayer. There was just kind of this natural progression that was happening that I was being led through. Not that it was always easy, not that I never had struggles or anything like that, but I mean, it was just sort of a taking me, bringing me along all the way. Mm -hmm. Now, how has that, how has that baptism and the Holy Spirit impacted your life? I mean, other than the obvious ways, but how does it impact your life and how you work now with others? Well, I think that, uh, I, th- I think I just, you know, rely on the Spirit a lot for um, knowing, I, you know, it's even hard to describe, but just, just relying on the Spirit for knowing what to say in situations. And, you know, who knows that I always say it perfectly. I'm not saying that I do. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what more to say about that. I know you'd like to do some no, grand no. and glorious no, things. No, no, no. I want you to. I want you to speak from your gut, and that's 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 that's, that's the right answer. It's. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's never a bad answer, right? It's, I love Sister yeah. Marion. Yeah. I know you. You have a lot of stories of kind of living through the early days of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And it's, you know, it's extraordinary to see your experience of, of just kind of being a pioneer in some ways where maybe people did have a mindset of, what is this? Why is this? And even, even um, maybe not always receiving, but how have you seen the Lord really work over the years, um, maybe in the earliest days, maybe in recent years, where you've seen the Holy Spirit doing a mighty work um, in someone's life and someone's vocation and really in the ministry that the Lord has given to you? Well, 
you know, a mighty work, a very important work, can just be one of of um, loving one another type of thing, you know. And mm-hmm. I was I was talking the other day with a woman in our parish who belongs to People of Praise, and she's telling me this now, and she was telling me this when I was doing that uh, article on the Kansas City Conference. She says it was just something how everybody just loved everybody. And I said, yeah, and I know that when we would even get together at a conference or something, you didn't even know people, but because you knew they had this same experience, everybody just had this kind of a mm-hmm. love for one another. <laughs> it's, it's, it it's pretty, a... ama- pretty amazing. I mean, as for as much as we especially today, I think we're, you know, we're kind of led to be so careful, mm-hmm. careful of one another and such. Um, I think that one of the ways that was impacted in my life is my being able to relate with people of other denominations. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was a Catholic priest who first told me anything was going on, but during the year like 67, 68, probably more 68, but 67, 68, in, in the fall, I, went, I visited a Pentecostal Holiness Church, full habit yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you're oh, wearing the full habit? Was, yep. In okay. The spring, okay. In the Spring, I went to a full gospel businessman's breakfast. Okay. And that summer, okay, I think by that summer now we were in um, um, in modified habits. So we were, but we might have still been wearing our veils, uh, short veil. Um, visited with some other sisters. Uh, Lutheran minister who had been baptized in the spirit. So, you know, all these people were praying for us, <laughs> praying for me, praying for us. And, you know, you're just sort of like, okay, and they, they all wanna they all wanna tell you what that experience was like for them. And um, everybody had a little different I, it helped me realize everybody had a different experience. It wasn't just one way. And um, and then finally, you know, even to even talk about charisms at all, I was, you know, this was a time different than now when, because we were getting this from the Protestants because we didn't have any Catholic teaching. <laughs> they were telling us that the proof that we were baptized in the Spirit was that we could pray in tongues, speak in tongues praying tongues. So that was really, it was, you know, I mean, in a way, it's kind of a hardship, but in a way it was, it was very beautiful. And um, so I, I'm praying, 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 praying for this. And um, there's no prayer groups to go to. There's no people around you to go to, to share with or ask questions or anything, or to really be real supportive to you. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I woke up one night 
sleeping in a dormitory, I woke up saying, Father, Father. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I have to get out of here. I got up and I got dressed and I left, went outside and went back behind the cemetery where I'd be all by myself, knowing that I couldn't get back into the building now until it was opened up for the morning. <laughs> it was light out, but it was early in the morning. <laughs> went out there pray so I could pray out loud because I was praying, Father, Father. So it was sort of like being um, introduced to that special love the Father has for us as his children. And actually, when eventually I started praying in tongues, and that happened when now I had met a woman who had also been baptized in the spirit. She was praying in tongues, and now that priest was praying in tongues also. So okay. now they're both praying. now they're both praying for me. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that experientially, what I experienced was a lot of peace. Mm-hmm. Now I would go back and say maybe that was when I was baptized in the spirit, but I wasn't praying in tongues at the time. I didn't think about it that way. I just knew I experienced this great deal of peace, peacefulness in my life at that point. But it was a couple months later. I get this letter from her, and she says, just have, the, just have the faith of a child. And it made me so mad that I slammed my hands down on my desk. I'm in my bedroom. So I'm in a convent now with 41 other sisters. <laughs> got my door closed. I slam my hands down the desk, and I say, Lord, I do believe. What more do you want anyway? <laughs> and then I started praying in tongues. Furious, oh. fast, furious. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, now let me ask you, though, because the... You know, you said something, you'll, you'll know if you're praying in tongues. Does everybody that's baptized in the Holy Spirit pray in tongues? But there, Because there are other charismatic gifts, correct? Well, well I don't think everybody does. Right. But what, I'm, what I was saying was right. that at that time, right. that time, the Protestants were telling us, right. this is how you will know you are baptized in the Spirit, is when you pray in tongues. Yeah, so no, the... we wouldn't say that to anybody today. Right. Yes. And, it, you know, we see that sign on the day of Pentecost. The apostles are in the upper room. They receive the Spirit, and then they have the experience of going out and speaking in other tongues. And we distinguish between different types of tongues, um, glossolalia, and, you know, Sister Marianne, could, she could give us a whole teaching on the gift of tongues. But, <laughs> but it, it's beautiful to see very early on in Catholic teaching there was a very clear teaching of um, oftentimes this comes with the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit, but not every person receives. Um, and, you know, there, I think for me, there was kind of a turning point, and Sister Marianne, you can maybe share more about your experience of this as well, but I actually, so I grew up in what most people would say is the most charismatic experience of the gifts that you could be surrounded by. Um, And I actually, I thought I was open to receiving the gift, received prayer many, many times for the gift of tongues, never received. And then um, after all these years, my brother is going to seminary with a Colombian seminarian, and he receives the gift of tongues. And the Lord awakened desire in me because my godson is asking me, Annalisha, will you pray for me the way Uncle Levi prays for me? And my, <laughs> nobody, I don't have that gift, you know. And, and so the Lord was stirring up in my heart, oh, Lord, I desire this gift. You know, I thought it was strange before I was praying for it because I knew it was a gift. St. Paul said eagerly desire the gifts. And so 
I was receiving prayer to receive the gift. Um, however, my little godson saying to me, Annalisha, will you pray for me the way Uncle Levi does? <laughs> you know, so that was kind of the first phase. And then the second was actually my brother, Stephen. He and I were going out picking up pizza. He has eight children now. And so we're picking up pizza for a family birthday party. And we come back the whole time we've been talking about what's happening in our lives. And this is very common for us. We just stop and we're like, well, you know, let's just pause and pray for each other before we go back into the house and into the party. So we go to pray for each other. And and as I'm praying for the specific situation that he had asked me to pray for, suddenly he's praying in tongues. And so this is another one of my brothers, my brother, Father Levi, and then my brother, Stephen, both received this gift of tongues. And not only was I shocked that he had the gift, but also uh, something else happened in my heart. One, I felt like I felt the glory, the holiness, the sacredness of the Lord. I mean, I they were angelic tongues. And I almost felt like I needed to get out of the car. You know, I'm not worthy, Lord. <laughs> and so um, I, I asked him after that, will you pray for me to receive this precious gift of tongues after I, you know, first asked him, when did you receive this gift? And um, all of that within uh, a few days of my brother Stephen praying for that gift for me, um, I witnessed at a life in the spirit, a young girl, she was a teenager receiving the gift. So the Lord gave me the grace to witness the docility, the humility, the gentleness, the, the grace of this young girl receiving as my brother Stephen and I were on a prayer team together as we're praying for the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit for this young girl. And then within two days of that moment, um, I was praying with a religious sister as we prepared for a Pentecost vigil. And it was in that moment that I received. I was praising the Lord and praying over the phone <laughs> in preparation for Pentecost. And, and that's when I received the gift of tongues. To me, it was an experience of being like a baby bird whose mother bird had gone out, found food, chewed it, and placed it in my mouth. It was so radically humbling, um, so exquisite, so glorious. Um, but all of that was set off by really the Lord awakening a desire in me that I didn't realize I, you know, I hadn't had for all those years when I had been praying for the grace. Um, something else, uh, Steve, I think, and maybe Sister Marion, you can speak to this as well. A Colombian seminarian who had been formed in a charismatic seminary, he said, pray for these two gifts, Alicia. Pray for the gift of tongues and pray for the gift of discernment. Um, he said, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, the gift of tongues, um, because you yield to it, it leads to a receiving of the other gifts. And especially mm -hmm. in, in today's culture here in the United States, oftentimes, um, intellectualism can become an idol for us. And so when we yield to the gift of tongues, we are submitting in such utter humility, even our minds to the Lord. It's so far beyond anything that we can comprehend so far beyond our own ability um, that that there's there can be a yielding and a docility that allows us to yield to the other gifts as well. But Sister Marianne, anything yeah. else that you... <laughs> okay, well, I want to say something more about that because mm -hmm. that is the reason why, I mean, it, it's something even if we say you don't have to pray in tongues, yeah. it is 
it is a reality that if people are willing and don't just say, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want that gift. Mm -hmm. If people are willing, then they often, it is an opening up to many other, to many other gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I had been praying for the gift that what I, the first clear word I had when I was praying by myself one time before that experience I told you about was the word Papa. And I thought it was like a bunch of gibberish and then it was Papa. And I thought, well, I know that word. So it was kind of like baby talk, you know, Mm -hmm. and you learn your mama or your papa or your daddy or whatever it is you call your parents. They're the first words you you learn, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, there was papa. And then I had this experience. I was in a theology class that summer, and we were supposed, the priest that was teaching that class, who had really nothing to do with charismatic renewal, but he had us looking up these three scriptures that night on the mystery hidden in Christ. Mm-hmm. I just remember that so well because I remember going and looking those up and like, I know he didn't give us this, but I, I, I just had the numbers mixed up. Mm-hmm. And one of them was, uh, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophetic utterances. And I thought to myself, it might have said, do not despise prophecy and I thought to myself well he certainly didn't give us that <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we also read pursue love but strive eagerly for the spiritual gifts above all that you may prophesy mm-hmm. and then um, now I should like all of you to speak in tongues but I sh- should like even more that you should prophesy and then one who speaks in a tongue should also be able to pray to be able to interpret so that night that I experienced that sudden praying in tongues, I experienced all of that because I said, oh, maybe I could, maybe this too. Well, maybe this too. And then I thought, well, maybe I could sing in tongues. And I don't know if I knew anything about singing in tongues, but it sounded like country western music. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know? well, let me... But there were no prayer meetings and there were no Life in the Spirit seminars. So when they first started having Life in the Spirit seminars, Alicia, I, my thought was, what do we need those for? You know, you know, so Sister Sister Nancy Keller recently shared, she said, Alicia, in the earliest days of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, there were no Life in the Spirit seminars. And maybe, Sister Marianne, can you share before I go on, um, can you share with our listeners, in case they're not familiar, what is a Life in the Spirit seminar? Oh, sure. Okay. So it's a series of, um, they call it a seminar. So one evening or one section, because maybe you do it all in one day, mm-hmm. or it can be done like seven evenings, but each one has a talk. So like the first night we talk about God's love. And if we're doing it week by week, then we even have a booklet we can give to people with a scripture they can think they can uh, meditate on for three to five minutes every evening during that week on God's love mm-hmm. for them, God's love for me, not just general love for everybody else. And then we talk about salvation, and then we talk about you know what is this uh, new? We call it new life, but it. It might be a refreshed life for some people. The people going through life in the spirit sometimes 
they're already people of prayer mm-hmm. and they're willing to experience more of the spirit. Sometimes they are people like when I w- when I worked for an ecumenical prayer group for six years, I mean some of those people people had met kind of invited in off the street or something and so some people really went through some powerful conversion experiences during that time. Mm. Yeah. And then you think where we pray for the pray for this and then do a couple follow-up sessions and always with small group discussion with it too so that people really have a chance to say, well, what do you think? How is this affecting you? Do you have any questions? Yeah. Yeah. So to thank you for sharing what a life in the spirit is. It's so beautiful. Oftentimes when we invite people to a life in the spirit series, we're asking, do you want to live in the power and the love of the Holy Spirit? And there's there's this invitation that is, you know, pointing out the, kind of the apostles being moved from fear and hiding to going out as missionaries and martyrs. And so, so in this invitation, I mean, I think all of us want that. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. What are you doing here if you don't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but then there's there's a beautiful invitation to personally receive the love of the Father. And to embrace, I think most of us run away from, but to embrace our need for our Savior. So to embrace Jesus Christ in a way that's so intimate, so personal, and um, yeah, as as our deliverer, the one who saves us. And then who is the Holy Spirit? You know, how can the life in the ministry of Jesus Christ be made manifest in me, in my heart, my mind, in my everyday interactions, you know, and so the Life in the Spirit is extraordinary. It's beautiful. People are set on fire, oftentimes uh, sent off into vocations, religious, priesthood, um, marriage, all different sorts of vocations are set ablaze. Marriages are restored, family reconciliation. Heavenly graces are poured out oftentimes when people yield themselves to receive. But Sister Marianne, so I wanted to share with you, I recently heard from Sister Nancy Keller she was saying to me, she said, in the early days of the renewal, we did not have life in the Spirit. She said, Every, right. everyone who had received was eager to share with everyone they knew the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And not only that, if we were at a prayer meeting, we at every single prayer meeting, we would pray for the gift of and the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit for anyone who desired it. And I thought, wow, you know, (laughs) no wonder, no wonder that fire of renewal spread like wildfire across the nation. What an awesome grace to be ready and to be ready with the invitation so immediately. So uh, how beautiful that you, that was, that was your experience. You witnessed that, that spread of life in the spirit like wildfire. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I do kind of want to, I want to ask a weird question. So when, when people receive the gift of tongues, I guess my kind of simplistic question though, when you're speaking in this tongue, because obviously I have not received this gift, um, but when you're speaking in this tongue, I hate this is kind of a funny question, but is it English in your head and something coming out or do you just, I mean, are you cognizant that? That there's something coming out that is not me. I mean, I, I'm curious mm-hmm. what that feeling is because I've never experienced it. Okay, well, so for me at first it was just all this gibberish, and it didn't sound like anything except that my mouth was moving and I was making noise. But eventually it began to sound like words. Now, 
I wouldn't know exactly what I was saying, but I do have a sense if I'm praising God, I have a sense if I'm worshiping God, I have a sense if I'm interceding for something, Mm -hmm. I'll have that sense of it. All right, then sometimes, so you heard us talk about interpretation. Right. So sometimes an interpretation isn't the same thing as translation, but sometimes either the person themselves or a different person will then have um, an interpretation of what has what is being said. And the only thing I can tell you about any confirmation I had that there might be anything to that is like, for example, one time I was at a retreat and with other sisters, all were charismatic, and I had to go pick somebody up in the city that night, so I missed this particular evening. So she says the next day, could we pray, and I'll pray in tongues, and then you pray in English. You know, like she was asking me to interpret, well, it sort of sounds like you're playing with it, but anyway, that's kind of how it was in the beginning there. And so we're sitting in this boat tied up to the shore, (laughs) and she's praying in tongues, and then I'm praying in English, and we were going back and forth, and then she says, can we stop? And I said, yes. And she says, did anybody tell you about last night? And I said, no. And she said, well, everything you're praying about is what I talked about last night. Mm. So, I mean, to me, it was sort of like, or sometimes people would, you know, want to do that same kind of thing another, but it usually had some meaning for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of the discernment always, no matter what it is, that especially if it relates to another person, is does it have any meaning for you? Mm-hmm. Because I, was, I can't. Well, I was wondering if you're turning yeah. it on or are you turning it off, or well, is it something that's just happening yeah. spontaneously? So you're yielding to the gift, so it's it's not. Um, you are overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and there's a mysterious gift um, that you are yielding to with any of the gifts, any of the charismatic gifts. We're yielding to the Holy Spirit, who's the giver of the gift. And when we do that, um, what's beautiful about all of the charismatic gifts, St. Paul very clearly points out that what we see in part, what is mysterious here on earth, we will know in full in heaven. So there's this there, it is mysterious, right. the gift of tongues. Your question is so good because um, there is an interpretation of tongues that can come, especially in the context of a prayer meeting or a conference. When someone speaks in tongues, you can hear it. It sounds like a sentence. It's powerful oftentimes coming forth, and oftentimes the Lord, the Holy Spirit, will raise up someone with a gift of interpretation of tongues to then speak in English or the common language of the people. Also, you know, it's it's just, it's fascinating. It's fun to see how the Lord works so mysteriously. Um, we were in a time of praise and worship, a woman who was actually visiting from the diocese, she had never experienced a charismatic prayer meeting before. Um, she was visiting, first time experiencing this. Afterward, she's debriefing with me and she said, Alicia, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. And she said, um, you know, I just thought it was really interesting that the worship leader was singing holy, holy, holy in Arabic. 
And, um, and I said, <laughs> I said to my friend, oh, the worship leader is my brother, Father Levi, and um, he does not know that language. So, <laughs> but he was praying in tongues mm -hmm. and he was worshiping. Um, and so how beautiful that he was worshiping in a known language um, that he didn't know. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit will, will beautifully inspire words that are known by someone else in the room so that they can have an encounter with the living God and so that their faith can be increased. Um, one so, time Francis mm -hmm. McNutt was at a prayer meeting in mm -hmm. Africa mm -hmm. and somebody is praying in tongues that he was sitting near or next to and it was English because it wasn't that person's language, you know. Mm -hmm. It was his language, so he knew. That's, <laughs> That's beautiful. Sister Marianne, so Sister Marianne, she is a very, um, just the wealth of ministry of her, her lifetime really is extraordinary. I know we didn't touch on all of those different hats that you've worn over the years, but Sister Marianne has worked in parish ministry. She has worked in many facets of parish ministry. Um, that's been a primary role in many ways. Um, but Sister Marianne also is the editor of Pentecost Today magazine. And she, as a council member, also works with our communications team. So Sister Marianne, we wanna ask you to just share with us, what is Pentecost Today magazine? What can, if people are curious, what can they find in the magazine? Okay, well, the Pentecost today has uh, evolved from other names in the earliest days. <laughs> yes. And, and has been Pentecost today probably for about, I, I didn't go back and look up the first year, but it's probably like around 20, 20 years or so now that it's gone by that particular name. And it is a magazine on the national level for Catholic Charismatic Renewal. So um, before we were called Pentecost Today USA, Steve, we were called the National Service Committee for Charismatic Renewal, Catholic Charismatic Renewal in the United States. So it's a magazine that in some ways it has news in it that it tells you maybe what's going on in other parts of the country. But it also has a lot of um, teaching in it that is um, information about the charisms in, or uh, somebody's witness story, something that happened. Or um, lately we've been asking different bishops to write something so that we have something from them that uh relates to the renewal or relates to our spiritual life however it is mm -hmm. uh, so and and it can be found at the uh, website which is pentecost today usa and then there's several tabs one of them is resources and under resources then you can say, find pentecost today magazine mm -hmm. and so it kind of starts with the most current and then uh goes backward yeah. That one is so. Yeah, and it, it's extraordinary. Sister Marianne works directly with our authors. And so not only is she working with editorial board where the editorial board of board and council members are coming together to discern and to pray about what is the Holy Spirit inviting the theme to be for the upcoming year, but then 
Sister Marion really is the one going out and inviting authors to write. And these authors are theologians, scholars, renewal leaders, prayer group leaders, covenant community members, extraordinarily gifted um, members of the body of Christ. Oftentimes the witnesses are just so powerful and so precious. And and they include um, Cardinal Cantalamesa, who is preacher to the papal household. And even the recent edition of the Bishop's Corner, it's just so beautiful to hear from shepherds in the church um, speaking about the graces of the charismatic renewal. So Sister Marion, thank you so much for all of all that you shared with us today, all of the work that you continue to do with a magazine and um, really just for the grace of your zeal for the Lord, your mighty witness. It's so good to be with you. Well, thank you. It's my privilege to do some sharing. Mm-hmm. Thank you again. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> Amen, sister. Um, again, I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We appreciate the fact that you take time out of your day mm-hmm. to join us. And we want to thank you who are listening. Um, we're hoping if you don't already have those seeds growing and blooming fruit, that we hope that we're planting seeds. And uh, I encourage you, please yeah. go out to the website, Pentecost yeah. Today usa.org and we're going to do it really quickly we've got an event coming up and we want to push this event because we want this thing overflowing with people because this is this is what we're about so So, jesus 2023 jesus 2023 national leaders meeting we invite you if you are thirsting for more of the holy spirit to have an encounter with the living god in a way that's so radical so personal so life transforming this is a place where you can come you can bring others jesus 2023 is in kansas city october 20th through the 22nd of this year and we're at savior of the pa- of the world pastoral center so the archdiocesan center there in kansas city and it's going to be an extraordinary time of coming together to pray in unity in the spirit and um, there will be uh, a word gift discernment team. So you'll see in action not only um, the gift of tongues, people around you praying with the gift of tongues, praying in unity in the spirit. Oftentimes there are times of singing in the spirit, which is a, just a taste of heaven. Um, and, and ultimately it's an opportunity for you to connect with others who are zealous to bring life in the spirit to the whole church. And um, Sister Marion, I don't know if you've seen it, but we have a video on our YouTube channel, um, which you can find through the website. And it's actually a teaching from Father Boniface Hicks on the gift of tongues. So I want to invite you to check that out. You can also find in the Doctrinal Commission um, on the Baptism in the Holy Spirit, a really beautiful section on the gift of tongues. If you're looking to look at, you know, what does the church teach about this gift? There is more. Um, and where it's just so precious for us to hear how the Lord brought that gift about in your life, Sister Marianne. And we'd love, um, we would love to hear from you if you have questions, if you would like to reach out to us, if you're listening in and you say, you know, I want to learn more. I'm hungry. Uh, yes, I'm coming to Jesus 2023, but I want to know more now. <laughs> Don't wait. Um, reach out to us. You can email us. You can call our office. And, um, and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit now to, to pour out um, the gifts and the graces of encounter. And Sister Marianne, if we can just invite you to pray for all who are with us listening or watching. Um, we would love to close out with just with a, a moment of 
Lord, we don't want to wait. Kind of that, that experience that you had of, Lord, I'm ready. <laughs> um, so if in that posture of receiving, if we can invite all who are listening to, to pray with us now as Sister Marianne leads us. Yes, well, I'd like to start us out with the common prayer we all know and that everybody can pray and continue to pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. We just ask you, Lord, to uh, fill our hearts with fire Fill us with desire to know you more deeply. Fill us with desire to be more open to your Holy Spirit, whom you promised to send and whom you have sent, and who maybe we have just been, um, what, not as open to as we could be. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but we can always be more open to the Holy Spirit, to what the Holy Spirit wants to give to us. We can be more open and desirous of that fire of the Spirit. Even, like I said, if we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know what that means, we can still ask the Spirit to come to us. And we pray, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now. And ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All right, Amen. Sister Marianne, again, thank you very much. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, Alicia. Also want to thank our senior engineer, producer, Joe Hale. Joe does a fantastic job. Thank you very much, Joe. And for our listeners, one more time, I'm going to say it, PentecostTodayUSA.org. Please go check us out. Again, thank you very much. Mm-hmm.